Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I've got my co-host Kita Spears, aka Hi Key. What up, winners? Yeah, I don't know about you, Kita, but every time we get a guest in the house, live in person, not bullshit Zoom. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Man, it, it makes me feel real good, one, because the energy is different. You know, yeah. not being able to look at a, a computer screen, I can look at my man right here in the eyes. And, there you go. You know, we're, we're in the thick of it. So it's it's definitely a game changer. Yeah. And uh, the topic that we're going to talk about is, is really prevalent here, guys. You know, we've got a, an awesome guest that's got a lot of knowledge in the real estate space. And he's a hustler like Kita and I, a hustler like you guys. I know you guys are going to be able to relate to him. And I think now is the best time to get someone like Johnny on the podcast because, you know, if you have a real estate, you have a house, you're thinking about buying, you're thinking about selling, you're thinking about investing, it's really hard to go about your day, you go about your week, and the topic of real estate doesn't come up, right? Mm -hmm. No, whether it's the interest rates where you get the headline on the Wall Street Journal like every week letting us know that it's going up or it's going down or whatever it is. Is the is there a bubble? Is there not a bubble? Whatever direction see. they want to push you. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> wherever <laughs> exactly. the narrative takes you, you know. That's so right. It's every week. I feel like it's in every aspect of our lives because most people are working from home. So that means you're working inside of real estate. <laughs> yep, yep. So let's give our, our buddy Johnny a proper introduction. So we got Johnny Richardson. And what makes Johnny even more special in our hearts winners is he's local. He's here in Las Vegas. He's a big player here in Las Vegas. He's got a whole wholesale real estate business, getting a, a title company launched, owns a real estate brokerage firm, and uh, has his fingerprints really across the country when it comes to anything and everything real estate. He owns a Richardson group, goes by the shark. That's right. The shark, you know it. Woo! Sharks in the house. Look out. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Johnny Richardson in the house. Welcome to the show, bro. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm loving it. I'm like in the winner's circle here. Yes, sir. I'm digging it. I get to watch you guys on TV and Facebook. Now I'm really, we might as well call it the shark tank. The shark tank. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, edit in the Jaws music. There you go. Edit there the Jaws go. music. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, we've, Kita and I, we're pretty strategic about the guests that we bring on. And I uh, see that, definitely. Yeah, we prefer it in, in-house. Like we prefer them to come in the studio because we feel like the winners are going to get more value out of it. So we've wanted to get you on the show for quite appreciate some time. It. So, yeah, definitely. You know, appreciate you uh, coming out to the office and, you know, guys, if this is your first time listening to How Winners Win, you know, Kita and I came together last year and put together put together this show um, for you guys to help you win in your personal life, your financial life, your entrepreneurial life. So uh, again, if you get value out of this, Kita and I are not here to pitch you a bunch of shit where we want some value in return as long as we deliver is, you know, share this episode with a friend, give us a review, give us that five stars and uh, go support our man, Johnny, as well. So Appreciate that. let's... Um, um, let's roll up our sleeves and, and get down to it, man. What are you seeing? We're doing this podcast, uh, you know, what is it? July 6th, July 7th. Who, who, yep. who, Middle of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right exactly. So what are you seeing in real estate right now, locally and nationally? Yeah, as far as real estate, everybody's hearing there's a shift. 100% there is a shift going on at the moment. And one, whether you're in this market or any other state across the U.S. right now, because of interest rates adjusting that has pulled back buyers at the moment. So, and sellers that were thinking about selling in a year, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, it's caused anxiety with sellers. It's like, well, what's going to happen? Can this get worse? Everybody has that number, 2008 in their head. That's not going to happen. I don't know what to tell everybody there. Some people are hoping, some people are fearful of it because there are a lot of people that did well in 2008. 
So they're thinking, what's going to happen? Doom and gloom. Let me sell now. Let me dump off. So that's risen the amount of listings that have hit the market. So now inventory is adjusting to what it was just 60 days ago. We had less listings and a ton of buyers. Just picture a seesaw. We're like this right now at the moment. But this is what everybody doesn't realize. So take Vegas. Normally, we should have six months worth of inventory in this market. That means if we don't sell a house and we don't list a house, we're going to run out of inventory within six months. We went down to two and a half weeks over the last couple of years. Damn. That means if we didn't list a house in two and a half weeks, we'd be bone dry. Zero. Zero. So even though we've gained inventory, at the same time, we're still not where we should be. Yeah, we're getting higher, but I re- I think a lot like think about a relationship. You're in a relationship with somebody; they have a change of habit. You start freaking out. What's going on? Mm-hmm. We have a change of habit in real estate. There's always an angle and a way to go. Whether you're a buyer, whether you're a seller, whether you're an investor, just people have a lot of high anxiety at the moment. It's not a bad market; it's a different market. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really good take because I think it's easy to look at it from a negative perspective. Correct. You know, Keita, uh, I was talking to, to Johnny before you got here. I had a uh, a party that I went to for July 4th. A friend of ours is a realtor for Simply Las Vegas and she crushes it. And she goes on to say that she's just going to have an historic year this year. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of was going into it thinking she was going to say she's slowing down, right? But she's like, no, dude. She's like, I have a lot of referrals, a big pipeline. People don't buy the rate they buy me right and Correct. that's what johnny is exactly saying guys it's like it's not bad it's different right Correct. so whether you're in real estate whether you have a plumbing company mm-hmm. no matter what your business is you have to adjust and shit if you go into it with the lens of this is bad this is negative you're fucked right yeah, that's what you're going to get out of it just think about it as far as human nature goes anything you say it's bad 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 well it's going to be bad you already put that energy out there as far as i'm concerned so I want to dive into like how you got to where you are, right? You've got your hands in a lot of different businesses yeah, and, uh, you know, <laughs> Kita, I know, you know, Johnny a little bit better than, than I do. Um, you know, Johnny helped Kita with some real estate. So I know you guys, you know, have a really solid relationship, but every time I see you dude, like you're just smiling. He's always looking fly by the way. <laughs> like, suits are I'm always I'm, I'm, I'm wearing some Hoka running shoes, <laughs> some Hurley shorts and a Hurley shirt. Good and, for you. And, and Johnny's just coming in, just looking fly dude. But, <laughs> you're not like I never get an arrogant vibe from you. Like you just keep, you seem to me like you have One humble of those beginnings. Humble dudes yeah, I know. man. And and I know you you live and breathe success. And I know it probably wasn't always like that. So walk us through your journey, man. Like you got your hands in a lot of businesses right now. You got a lot of you know interest in LLCs and companies and and you know making good money. But like, how did you get to the point where you are today? What were some of the things that happened in your early childhood, your early upbringing that got you to where you are today? You know, funny story I'll tell you is uh, I was seven years old and I remember I was taking my school pictures. I have this picture someplace. I'll get it over to you. It's me in a suit and a briefcase. And I told my mom, I, she goes, what are you going to dress up as for your school pictures? I said, a suit, a tie, and a briefcase. She's like, why would you do that? I was like, because I'm going to be a salesman when I grow up. <laughs> All other kids want to be a Are you serious? Dead serious. Are you serious? True story. Bro, what did, true story. Did you watch like... 
like Wall Street with freaking Michael Douglas. I think I was watching my dad walk out the door and you look up to your father and he always had yeah. a briefcase suit and everything else. Now, as time went on being a kid, I, I did have those inspirations to do other things, but it's funny that it brought me around full circle that I ended up being called it for what it is. You're an entrepreneur, you're a salesperson, you are selling. And you said a few minutes ago, we are selling ourselves. That's why we continue doing business, getting referrals. Rates don't matter. Somebody's buying into you. And throughout my high school career, I said, I loved, I had a passion for cars. I still do. I went into painting cars that lasted like a half a second. Graduated painting cars. I was like, I'm going to open a shop. Had that entrepreneur mindset, but I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm getting sick every weekend because you're breathing those fumes. And I'm like, this sucks. I remember saying to my dad, I said, look, I said, I don't know what the heck to do. I'm like, I don't know what direction to go. He goes, listen, he goes, you have been good with your mouth your entire life. You got the gift of gab. My mom makes jokes about it because when they used to punish me, I'd always walk in. I'd say, okay. Let's make a deal. <laughs> I was never going down, not swinging. It was you just visited two weeks ago, brought it up as a truth. So he's like, you've been good with your mouth all your life. He goes, you need to sell. He goes, go, he goes, get out of painting it and sell cars instead. But so I was early twenties, started on this strip in Vineland, New Jersey, started at one end, applied at like 50 places all the way down. And everybody looked me up and down. It's like, kid, I was like, you haven't sold a car. You How old are you? Sold. At that time, I was 21. Okay. Yeah, I was 21 years old. And they're just looking at me like some punk. Mm-hmm. Till this one guy, Tom, at a Nissan store, he goes, I'll give you a shot. So there I go, walking into Nissan, all pumped up. I got my suit on, all that stuff. And I couldn't sell dog crap. I ended up walking everybody off the lot. I remember it was two weeks in, Tom's smoking a cigarette outside. He goes, what happened with your client? He, he goes, Johnny, they said they liked the car. I said, yeah, they said they're going to think about it and get back to me. And I'm sitting there, the honest little Jersey kid, like they're being real. They're just going to come back. And he lit me up. He goes, dude, if you don't get it together, I'm about to fire you right now. Finance manager pulled me aside. He goes, listen, you're a good looking kid. You're nice. Everybody likes you, but you're missing something. Take this book home. It's how to close every sale by Joe Girard. So I go home, read it throughout the weekend, come back. I go to number two salesperson that month and I stayed there. I couldn't pass this one other guy. Uh, I think his name was Tom smoked cigars outside all day and he just sit there and take ups and referrals. I could never cross his number one spot, but I stayed number two for six, eight months. And then from there went to Toyota and absolutely crushed the game. And I was spent nine years in the car business. And that that's one of the cores I take with me in every industry I've been in I said, okay, go learn from a mentor, read a book get that information, then apply that information and you work hard at the end of the day. And I never stopped doing any of those items. Now, fast forward into real estate, I never forgot those fundamentals. Constantly feed my mind, constantly work hard. I'll make sure nobody will ever outwork me. If I have an agent that's in the office, says he's going to bust it, that dude's not leaving before me. I leave last. Because <laughs> you always want to preach what, practice what you're preaching at the end of the day. So as I developed my real estate career moving forward, I said, okay, real estate's one part of it, 
but what components are inside real estate that I can also leverage? You can go in and be a realtor, but I wanted to go in, not just be a realtor, be a business owner. And that's where it came into play with uh, bringing in the title company, also opening the wholesale department. Because when you're doing real estate, what do your clients ask you? And what am I educating my clients? Why do you just want to buy a piece of real estate? You want to be an investor. You coming out of a rental, let's turn you into that landlord. Let's start with step one, get your house. And then let's move forward and let's start investing into properties. So what do they ask you for? They ask you for off-market properties. They want the good stuff. So that's why over the last year I said it's time to pull the trigger and then we open up the wholesale department and created more avenues and opportunities for our clients and whoever else we might be sending to, selling to investors and the list goes on from there. But I look back now at the end of the day, it's not one magic thing that just switched it. It was basic fundamentals of being an entrepreneur. Are you educating yourself? Are you growing? Are you adjusting? When I was in the car business, we went through the 2008, which hit the car business among real estate and everything else. What do we have to do? We had to adjust. Now we're at a point right now at this moment there are adjustments going on, but I'll tell you what, there's something that I figured out while adjustments going on. The majority of people take a back seat. They're talking around the water cooler. This is hard. This is tough. Program in their mind that this is going to be a bad year and ends up being a bad one versus coming out. You know, there's a great opportunity going on. I could serve more people. More people need help. More people need assistance. I might need to work a little bit harder here, but I'm going to go ahead and work harder and I'm going to dominate and crush the market. So I want to go back to the Jersey kid who <laughs> went to, went down 50, the strip of 50 car dealerships to find a job and finally gets hired at Nissan by Tom who smokes. Um, what like principles were instilled in your household? Cause you know, it sounds like you got it. You had great parents. Your dad's get, getting up in the morning, briefcase suit. Mom's still busting your balls even to this day. Like, yeah. So talk to me about that. Cause you came into the game with the work ethic that, you know, look around at kids nowadays in high school, they don't really have. So what was, what was instilled in you that brought that well, I, I had the best of both worlds. I didn't realize it when I was a kid because my mom was always be nice to everybody, you know, do the right thing. And not that that isn't important. My dad was the hardcore salesperson and call it for what it is. I mean, he did not give a crap about anybody. <laughs> He's like, close a deal and F off. You know what I mean? That's, that's the way he was. And I really... I was, I had a benefit getting from both sides. So I was instilled that great work ethic for my dad, go in, make it happen, go after success. But also at the same time, when my mom was preaching it, preaching to me, be nice, do the right thing by people. So I really had a nice blend of everything at the end of the day. So and I didn't realize these things were happening as I was growing up. You're, we're all being programmed on a regular basis by our parents and whoever's influencing us. And it really worked and assisted me and helped me at the end of the day. Now, funny story, I went through a transformational leadership a couple years ago. And if you've ever been through a program like that, that was Synergy. And that was six months of probably the worst. We're going into your subconscious and dialing in what makes you think certain ways. So there was a lot of items that my mom instilled into me, but also there was a lot of uh, boundaries that were holding me back. Uh, that I noticed. I had no idea. They said, do you realize what you do? You're always letting somebody in front of the line. 
you're letting somebody walk over you. And I didn't even realize that at that time. And they gave me certain tools to apply towards business to where not everything's, it's not mean to know that you deserve something first before somebody else. There's nothing wrong with that at the end of the day. So then I took that combined with what my mom taught me and my dad taught me, strong work ethic, being nice to somebody. And one of the things that instilled in my head throughout that leadership is I deserve to be number one every single time. And that's why when I approach every day, you be nice, you help and assist. You don't do anything mean. You don't hurt people. You don't go out of your way to, but we're here to be successful because there's one important relationship we have. The most important relationship is the one we have with ourselves. And that's what I had forgotten for a very long time. Mm. So combination of those, uh, when my upbringing and everything else definitely assisted me for success. And I'll tell you what, growing up in Jersey compared to Vegas, I would have never had that in Jersey. Jersey's completely different. You really don't have that influence with entrepreneurs, people growing, leadership development. You Most people turn 40, have a baby, and they think life's over. And they just sit back and watch NASCAR every Sunday. No offense, Uncle Ken. <laughs> Dude, I heard going to NASCAR is like no joke. No, like, no. Yeah, person. live race. I, I, I heard, shit. I've never been there. I've never shit. I've never watched NASCAR. I've never been to NASCAR. I've never drank. Actually, I drank half a Budweiser beer. Dude, that shit's gross, dude. That shit's disgusting. I think man. you have to drink the half a Bud just to get through oh, the door. Like, you're yeah. not getting through unless you drink dude, like, Bud. Yeah. Like, like, Bud Light and Budweiser is such a big difference, Oh, it's a dude. huge difference. We're talking about you know? dark amber oh and, you know, gosh, might as well be water. Dude. It's probably because I drink freaking Trulies and White Claws yeah, now, bro. Oh, like, yeah. Just, that's just too I tell you now, what, guys. the NASCAR races to go and watch, that is truly amazing. Yeah. While I was in Jersey, I raced one of the cars they have Dover Downs where you can go there, drive them. Actually, they have it here in Vegas now. Like I didn't Las Vegas. Yeah, that it was an amazing experience. Totally amazing. It was unbelievable. Walk us through the experience. What I'm really curious about is when you went to sell initially, selling cars, and you didn't do that well, and then you were given what was the book, name of the book again? How to close every sale, Joe Girard. How to close every sale. And you read that book. What was the number one thing you extracted from that book and you applied to get different results? A lot of it comes down to mindset at the end of the day. Every sales set up before it even starts. Think about it. How many times we've been into anything new we're doing, building models, whatever it might be. Oh, this is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. So a lot of that, when you go into that sale, I'm, you're going in as a winner. I'm going in to close this sale. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help and assist this person ultimately get to their goal. Those were, that's why I apply now. That's what I grabbed from it then. And if you continue that with that, with every single thing you do, think about this simple. When you go hit on a girl, for example, she's across most guys like, oh man, what do I say? She's not going to like me. She ends up not liking you. You walk in with some comments. What's up, girl? What's going on? You know what look good on you? Me. <laughs> you know? Oh, That's a winner so right there, So that confidence right there, a lot of that with inside that book, walking in like you're going to close that sale. Their strategies I give realtors now is simple as your day-to-day tasks, money-making activities, whatever you have to get done besides that helping out clients. You're going to write them down every single day. You're going to have them on a list of paper and you're going to scratch them out. 
The reason why you're doing this is subconsciously, your mind doesn't know if you just hit a big win or a small win. All it really knows is that you're, that you're winning at that time. So when you walk into a sale, when do they say the best time to make a sale? Right after a sale. So already you've been programmed, I've won, I've won, I've won. So that same thing with the book, when you're walking in, I'm winning, I'm doing this, I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to serve this client. That was a huge part of it right there. And I can remember this back on the car lot, walking in, client walking up, he's walking through a lot, all shucks. All right, hello, sir. You know, what are you looking for? All right, you know, would you like a four-door? You know, I probably looked like an idiot because no confidence. That's what I was missing there. I knew cars. I love cars. I knew everything about cars, but I really didn't know how to communicate well with confidence with somebody because I didn't believe I had the ability at the end of the day. Dude, so you know how I know Johnny's a real one? There's there's someone that Keita and I have worked with for a number of years, and they're just a killer salesperson. And most of their sales analogies are relationships. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah. And, you know, most of that's, it's always about that. And sometimes they'll be like, dude, I think they just need to get laid. Like, yeah. <laughs> it solves a lot of problems. You know, it, does, like, it does. It does. Exactly. It does. It's We're like, humans, aren't we? Yeah. I mean. We got needs. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you're, you're right. It's, it's about the mind recognizing a win is a win. That's why what you said earlier, the best, the most important relationship you have is with yourself. That's why I'm such a big proponent on your fitness, getting wins, especially in the morning, working out, going on a walk, meditating, reading 10 pages, right? Like just getting freaking wins. And next thing you know, you just have way higher confidence, way more self-worth. And then you go into deals way more confident. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you're getting more done than most people even do during the day when you're starting your day off like that. Think about it. We've all had a rough day here and there, or whatever it might be. Woke up late, forgot to do this. All you're telling yourself in your mind, it's like, oh, I stink. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a bad start. And then most people just beat themselves up the rest of the day and just ran all the way down. Yeah, start up with start off with self-development reading. Start off with a workout. Start off with doing something positive. Meditation, I haven't uh, been able to get that down. And that's a limiting belief, even me saying that. I sit down to do it, concentrate. I'm like, all right, my mind's going here, here, here. I'll get a good about good 10 minutes out of myself every now and then. But definitely that's probably one of my biggest challenges is meditating. I'm the same way, dude. I, yeah. I get... Um not easy. Yeah, man. Like I'm just thinking about all this shit. Like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I really like, I don't know if you've used the app called Calm. No. It's, it's a mm. really good app. It's, okay. It's, it's guided meditation. And um, I'm with you, man. It's, it's one of my weaknesses as well. Yeah. So um, going from walk us through. So crush it in, in the car space. Did you kind of rise up the, the ladder and, and, you know, sales manager and things of that nature, or was it killer sales guy? I'm not trying to be a manager. I wake, I make way more money in commission. And then when did you, you know, pivot to real estate? So I'll tell you a crazy story. Okay. So I was in the car business. I wanted to go to a sales manager at the Toyota store in Vineland that I was at. Okay. So there I was young kid still goofing off a little bit. So I end up taking a, um, a demo car. So one of the dealer's cars, my car is getting worked on and then they give you company cars anyway. Decided to go out, hang out with some girls for the weekend, hit the bar. Sure enough, I go to leave that bar. The red lights come on. I'm pulled over like that. So I'm pulled over. In the company car. In the company car. Cop pulls me over right away. He's like, dude, 
Uh, I don't know what to tell you, right? You could tell immediately. So they impound the company car. And this time I was gunning for a sales manager position. Mm. So they impound the company car, get arrested. Next day they call me. They're like, hey, um, we know you could make it in. You're sick, but uh, You're sick. We, we need your dealer plate. And I'm like, uh, car's impounded. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting that dealer plate. I'm like, all right, I have some news to tell you. (laughs) So I'll never forget it. So Monday comes, so embarrassing. I got to go get a letter from the dealership, go to the lot, get the car, bring it back. And immediately I have a a meeting with my manager. And he's like, dude, he's like, you got issues. You're going to lose your license. I said, I'll be fine. End up losing my license for six months. That's the confident sales guy. Yeah. Oh no, I got this. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm like, I'll be fine. <laughs> Lose it for six months. So I have to tell him now. I have to tell him and I'm like, crap, because they have insurance and everything else. So I walk in and this guy, he's like, Johnny he goes, a doctor cannot operate without their instruments. You can't sell cars. I'm like, give me one month. So we had this strategy. We would pull cars out around the dealership. You'd show the car. You'd start the client from the driver's side to the passenger side, put them in the passenger side seat and drive off. And next thing you know, they're on a demo ride. So he's like, how could you possibly do this? So here I am no license. All the cars are like this close together. So now I had to reverse it. So then I started on the passenger side, walk them around in between these cars and bring them to the driver's side, squeeze them in and jump in. And the client's like, what now? I'm like, drive. And they're like, I'm going to hit a car. I'm like, drive, just drive now. Because you can't drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have to pull out from all these cars. Man, that month I... I normally would do 18 to 20 cars, ended up doing over 40 car- units that month. What? I absolutely crushed it. End up salesperson of the month, just absolutely destroyed it. And I remember I walked in, he goes, I was ready to fire you. <laughs> and I don't even know how this is even possible. He's like, this is nuts. So I end up just absolutely crushing it there. But get back to you as far as the management position, then another big Toyota store, they reach out to me like, we have to have you. I had my license back at this time. So <laughs> there you go. Like, we have you to can have drive, you. right? And end up at that point going over there to sales manager and end up being a truck manager for Toyota and absolutely loved every bit of it. That store was really awesome because they had a test track in back. So you could take them out to a test track. They had multiple other franchises with Beamers and this and that. It was such a cool place to work. So that's just what kind of goes back to just... Give a, give a salesperson some tools and he can really flourish. You had the ability to sell, not only sell Toyotas, but you got Beamers in your arsenal yeah, now. it was Test tracks awesome. and, and stuff like that. So that's also what you're doing now with the new agents. You're giving you know new real estate agents the ability to kind of get that support so they can go to the next level. Can, you want to talk about what you're doing there? Yeah, as far as my niche is definitely assisting agents, whether brand new, getting their license, been in business for a year, haven't had results or the right guidance. So one is the way the system that I've developed to help and assist them get quick results. One, a lot of people, when they get in front of real estate agents, they'll throw a book at them, a couple leads, see if they're good on the phone. So I'm developing the strategies to have the right conversations. I do scripting calls every single week because when people get into real estate, whether you've been a bartender or whatever it might be, 
they don't know how to position somebody for an appointment or close or anything else. They think they show houses and somebody's eventually going to say yes. The house should sell them, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know, his house should sell itself. You know, they'll come out and do the paperwork. <laughs> so that's one part of it on the skill set. The second part of that is our lead based systems, which are live transfer systems. So we're contracted with these live transfer systems where I have the ability not just to teach them the skill set, but to give our agents more opportunities than any other agent gets. Most other agents will get an opportunity with client, they'll chase for six months, find out they're not ready or already bought a house. Our live transfer systems go directly to their phone. They answer, they're a new agent, they're answering the phone and showing a house within one to two hours. Then they go out with one of our coaches that helps and assist them with those languages, gets the opportunity to go ahead and close that client, get them into a property. And then what happens? Now you got an agent that's been in business less than a month. They have one or two escrows. Their friend that took a job at whatever place has been in business for eight months and hasn't closed one deal. I see it all the time. And the beauty of it with, with it is that we can supply these live transfer systems here in Las Vegas. We do them in Texas. Florida, New Jersey, California, the list goes on. And it's awesome. Vegas is actually a very aggressive market and we crush it in Vegas. You're in other states, Carolinas. I mean, the opportunities are astronomical. Mm. So one as far as skill set, super important. Opportunity, getting in front of people. You know, think about it. if you're missing those two items. You don't What's going to happen? You, you don't have anything at the end of the day. And normally somebody's either lacking both in a company or they're lacking one great skill set, zero opportunity, not going to close anything, ton of opportunity, no skill set. You can put whoever you want in front of that person. And that's what we do to help and assist people to grow and develop themselves. So that's huge. So like, what is the, so for people who are our agents or maybe are thinking about becoming agent, what is a typical, how do agents typically get leads? So they're with your company, they're able to get them ping directly to their phone. Are they having to go out and just, you know, cold call people or what, what would a normal it's a combination? I mean, most agents, as far as buying any lead systems to get into a, a decent lead system, they're going to have to spend five grand a month. Tell me what real estate agents prepared to do five that grand a month. Yeah. At least well, you're just starting. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. I haven't closed anything yet. Yep. So then at, then if they don't do that, then they have their friends and family. So if they're friends and family, what happens constantly, somebody comes in, they have a couple deals. All right, well, I'm going to sell my mom a house. Then I found my gardener. My aunt's not qualified. All right, you know what? Then my list is gone. I got nothing else. Now we help people develop a list and build on that list at the end of the day. But throughout that time, we're supplying those systems to go ahead and help them along their way. And a way to make sure that never dries up and to grow it, what do most salespeople miss on a regular basis? They don't ask for referrals. Most of them don't. They, they hardly ever do. So I always tell every agent, if you don't want to be broke, you want to continue in business, you ask every single person you come in contact with for a referral. Like when I teach us, you mentioned cold calls. We, I have some of those. I loved them when I started in real estate. Most people don't. I absolutely love them calling expireds, but this is what a lot of real estate agents do when they call them. Like, hey, Mr. Sampson, are you ready to sell your house? No, you're not. Okay, goodbye. All right. What about, hey, no, you're not ready to buy a house. Great. You know what? You have a great mindset, sir. You know the value of real estate. Let's talk about your second property and investing into your next property. When can you come in the office? That's your second layer. Number three, he doesn't want to do it. Well, who do you know that's the next person that's ready to buy or sell a house? Super important. The next person. If you ask somebody, who do you know? They just sit there. 
who's that next person? Now they really dial it in. So we teach stuff like this to agents that most agents aren't being taught or aren't doing at the end of the day. You know, do you have a lead system? Do you have the language? Are you asking everybody for a referral? I ask everybody for a referral. I don't care who it is. You know, I'm talking to the bartender, ex-girlfriend, guy that owes me money. Where's my referral? (laughs) (laughs) So you don't got the bread. So who's the next person that's buying or selling? You know, (laughs) I need that number. Always be closing, baby. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Business. That's what it's about. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We're all in a relationship-based business. It is. No matter yeah, 100%. what service or product you sell, it's it's all about interaction, interacting with people and, and building yeah. relationships. No, it definitely is. And if you do enough of that, like you hear the comment as far as more hands you shake, the more money you make, that is 100% true. I mean, they're not coming to your front door. They're not coming to sit on your couch, eat Fritos, watch Modern Family. It's not going to happen. How many relationships are you building? And are you making them quality relationships? Then you can start going deeper at that point. What's your top 50 list look like? How often are you contacting them? How much do you know about them? If they're a cigar smoker, do you know their brand of cigars? If they have a favorite sports team, you know, whoever it is, are you calling them every time there's a win? Mm -hmm. You know, that's how you really start developing those relationships, really knowing what makes people tick at the end of the day. You know, I chew this dentine ice cinnamon gum. It's like my favorite. I mean, that's one of the best gifts anybody can give me. When they walk in with that and they're like, yo, I got you something. I'm like... That is pretty awesome, you know? Yeah, it's, it's the little things. Yeah, it's little stuff like that. Even the expensive ones that you don't even really pay attention to, almost anybody can, but it's the little ones when people are really zoned in to what your liking is. Yeah. Definitely. How many agents do you have under your umbrella right now? Uh, National-wise or right here in Las Vegas? On national-wise, 100. Nice, nice. And how cool would it be to have Johnny be your boss? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, a real winner for yeah, real. Yeah. Absolutely. For, for sure. I'd love to. Yeah. 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 Um, walk us through like at what what made you make the pivot from the car spec? You were crushing the car space. Why did you Well, there you- was a couple there was a couple moves in between. So when I came out of car car business, came out and I'm like, you know what? After 2008, they were uh they laid off 50 managers, walked in with severance checks and they were just passing them off to managers. And I I said, I'm not taking mine. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to stick around. I'm doing this forever. I'm going to sell metal till I die. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm like, I'm pushing, but I found out within that year, I wasn't going to change the bank's mind. (laughs) There's like zero financing happening. I'm like, well, this is getting hot in here. (laughs) I'm like, like, at least I got a company car with no auto insurance, but I still got to pay for gas. So uh, it was getting pretty interesting. And I was talking with my uncle. I lived close to Atlantic City at that time. And he goes, you know, you know, I think you'd be amazing in the fire department. I'm like, all right, that sounds pretty cool. So I left the car business, started following in his footsteps, going through my civil service test and everything else. End up getting my real estate license like he did. I said, I'll sell a couple houses. I wasn't crazy about selling real estate. I was going to do it to make money. So then there's such a long process with the fire department. In the meantime, I get a call from a timeshare company. I get a call from a timeshare company. They're like, we talked to some people you know, and we have to get in front of you. They said, we heard you sold cars like crazy. You already have a real estate license. We looked you up. That's everything we need. And I talked to my uncle. My uncle's like, you know what? You should go do it for a year while you're going through the process. And at this time, I was broke as a joke. I mean, oodles and noodles. Got a little crappy Honda Accord where the doors were falling off, which sucked. Mm 
because I was driving brand new cars yeah, every day. Yeah, you were a car guy. And now I had this thing. I had to park around back, and if I had dates and stuff, like, where's your car? It's in the shop. Like, you know how Lambos are. Yeah, it's, it's, it's at the Ferrari dealership. Yeah, it's rough. Let's use yours. So <laughs> it was rough. So the timeshare company called me. I was like, all right, screw it. I'll do it. I'll go. And I go into the timeshare company and I went from literally rags to riches. I was barely could afford anything. I took off like a rocket through timeshare, end up being number three in the country. And I wow. never looked back. I fell in love with it. I'm like, this is awesome. So Atlantic City, they ended up closing down that site. I'll never forget. They called us on a Sunday, said, come on in tomorrow, leave early. I'm like, this doesn't sound good. And so it was 300, 150 on this side, 150 on this side. They came in, read a piece of paper like this. They're like, as of this day, Desert Blue is going to be shut or whatever it was called, Skyline Towers. Skyline Towers is going to now be shut down. We are no longer in business here in New Lancaster, New Jersey. And I'm just like, what the heck? Now, I already had Vegas on my mind because everybody told me, he said, you just dominate. If you do that here, you go to Vegas, you're going to crush it. So they wanted to move me to Myrtle Beach. And they're like, go to Myrtle Beach because it's within their region. I said, heck no, I'm going to be packing up, going to Vegas. They're actually pretty pissed. So I ended up coming out to Vegas, just crushed it, spent over six years with the company, did amazing. And I'll never forget, I was walking down the street and talking to my mom, talk to my mom still this day every single day. And I'm like, you know, I love this. I got a great job, 30 hours a week, great vacations, do what I want. I was like, but I don't feel like this is it. And I, the reason why I felt like that is I wasn't building it. It wasn't my company. At the end of the day, I had a really good job. Mm. You did make your own income because it's a commission-based income, but you weren't calling the shots. Somebody else is calling the shots. And during that period, I said, you know what? I got I to gotta figure this out, what I'm going to do. And a friend of mine had told me, they said, Johnny, you know what? You would do amazing in real estate. You've been built for it. You had timeshare. You did the car business for nine years. You have that talk, just like almost like conversation my dad had with me. You have the gift of gab. Says you should get into real estate. So there I am, go headed towards real estate. An insurance guy grabbed me and he goes, do both. Leverage your real estate and your insurance services. End up going to insurance services pushing through for my real estate license, but I was so absorbed in, in insurance services. Two years passed by like that. I was a presenter selling the dream from front stage, products, recruits, the list goes on. I remember one day I'm sitting there giving a presentation to like 50 people and it hit me like that. And it's like, you've been gunning towards a real estate direction and you keep getting swayed off. It's like, almost like I felt like this voice in the back of my head. It's like, you don't belong here. And I almost looked at everybody and said, get the heck out. I end up walking out of that room that day. I finished my presentation, but you could tell that I just didn't kill it like I normally did. And I walked out and I shut down that office and I said, I'm going straight real estate. It's where, where my heart is. It's where I'm going to be. And from there, I went over into real estate and just never looked back. I said, this is where I belong. This is why I love. Now it's changed throughout the years. Got into it because I wanted to do real estate, sell houses, help buyers and sellers. But now where my true passion is on a regular basis 
is I want to help develop people get to a six figure, a seven figure income. I want to push them in that direction and help them. And the reasons why they got into real estate was to be successful, help their families. It's a 90% failure rate in less than two years for the majority of people. There's no guidance. I want to be that person that's there helping and assisting them where I can look at me and it's like, thank you, Johnny Richardson. I appreciate you taking me, assisting me and helping me get to those next levels. And that's what brought me to where I am here today. Sitting with you winners. <laughs> what a journey. You know? yeah. Freaking journey. And I look back and I'm just like, there's been times I've looked back I'm like, man, it's been a, uh, several industries. But what I didn't realize is all those industries I went through, they all were forms of uh, education. Yeah. That education I end up getting in the car business, you know, how to go ahead and position clients and get them into cars and work within financing then when I was in timeshare, you know, how quick are you on your feet? You have to be fast on your feet in timeshare. Everything's like this. There are no beebacks. There are no follow-up calls. It's this. It's now or never. Either you're going to make it happen, get them into a vacation package, or it's not going to happen. And they're not going to have vacation. You're going to starve. And then when I moved in the insurance business, one of the important things I learned in the insurance business is how to be a business owner, which I had no idea. And everybody's still learning to this day. So when I came in an insurance, they showed me what it would take to be a business owner and how to position yourself, taxes, offices, the list goes on, LLCs, whatever it is. Um, that positioned me walking into real estate. I remember I was in real estate for two months and this girl comes up to me. It's like, oh man, no wonder you so do so good. You've been doing real estate for like 15 years. I'm like, I've been here like 60 days. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I would have never guessed, but I got, a, I received all that education from those other industries that positioned me in a better spot than most. Wow, that's a that's a good perspective winner. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes the things that you've gone through are just, you know, stepping stones and education. Yeah. You know, it's like you're free, you went through your four four year degree, you know, yeah. but it was a lot longer to get yeah. there to the point where you needed to be. But now that you're in the business, I mean, when you're getting compliments like that sixty days into the business, it's because it's like you've been here before. You were born for it, but you had to go through the fire to get to where your actual true passion and purpose is. And that's what you found. It is. I explain to people all the time. It's like, man, you don't go to the gym and sit around and get big muscles. You're going to put the work in. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. You know what I mean? And that was, it was, I shouldn't say painful going through his industries. You know, you always have your up moments, and your down moments, but that was my education going through all those cycles and everything else. Probably the toughest one is when I went from, the car business over to timeshare that gap in between there. That was like, I remember there's times looking around. I'm like, Oh boy, this is scary. Yeah. I mean, you were used uh, yeah. to making six figures yeah. and then oh. you know, fire department, you yeah. know, eating ramen noodles. Yeah, exactly. You're a hundred percent right. It's exactly right. what it was. Yeah. I remember moments counting it up and I'm like, look at my change bucket, go to like shop right back in Jersey, dump it all in there. It's like, well, I got gas for the week. That's right. That's cool. Who's baby. winning? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, a, that's another principle too. You always stayed confident through yeah. through all of this. And you also always had your next plan. Yeah. Sounds like since that you had that first conversation with Pops back when you were like, I don't know what to do. Ever since then, you actually had a plan or you knew what the next step was every time. Even when you just cut ties and was like, all right, I'm closing this shop. You already knew what the next thing was. And yeah. I think that's a super important principle for everyone to take away from this is that you got to know what your next shot is. 
Yeah, you know, like I was playing pool with my buddy, and he was like, "My whole principle of how I sh- shoot my shot is is how do I plan for my next shot? And if you operate like that, operating two steps ahead, not just winging it, you see where it can take you. It leads you to eventually where you where you're supposed to be. Exactly. I'm trying to remember who said this, but they said, "I'm always going where the ball's going, not where the ball." Yeah, is Wayne at. Retzky. I there you believe. go. You know, he skate, you skates to the where the puck is going. Yep. Now where mm-hmm. the the you know the. I was going to say Not ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we fucked that up. Yeah, that's a, well, yeah Wayne Gretzky for a second. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's, what's interesting, though, is it's the right word. It's a, it's a dichotomy, though, in the sense of, like, you always want to be so focused and so gun-ho that sometimes you forget about the next play, right? Like, and, and, and you have to tap into both in order to succeed. Like, for so you, true. you didn't think about... You were so confident, and my wife calls me out all the time. Where like she asks me a question, and with supreme confidence, I'm like, "Oh yeah," and I give her the answer, and she's like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Dude, yeah." Like, put a gun in my head, yeah. And I'm fucking wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. Same thing with you. Like, you're gonna lose your license. Your boss says, and you're like, "Nah, I'm good." Nah, no, no, no. You didn't think about, well, if I don't get my license, then this is gonna. I'll do it. No, you're like, "No, I'm good." And then you find out, oh shit, I'm not good. And then you improvise, right? So it's that balance of being so confident, but then when it doesn't happen, being nimble, right? Mm-hmm. But then also, like Kita is saying, you know, know where your next play is, right? It's, exactly. It's, it's not easy, man. Yeah. It's, uh, we all struggle with it. Yeah, focusing ahead. And like right now, even during these times right here, there's a lot of people that are buckling down, getting nervous. Oh, you know, what's going to happen? You know, I'm going to get crushed. Or you just change your mindset. I talked to an investor yesterday. goes, oh, this market's really crazy. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, we get up every day, we work hard, and we bust it, and we're going to be successful. He's like, how do you keep that strong mindset every day? I'm like, what choice do I have? We're winners, man. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I won't let anybody talk me down, especially not myself. Forget that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having a strong mindset, that's all it takes. For sure. Um, let's, dump, let's jump into, so you, you're balancing a lot of different businesses, a lot of success with the different companies. We were talking off air about challenges working with a spouse, oh, working yeah. with a significant other. And, and winners, you know, you guys can probably relate to that, right? Where you are working with your significant other. You have a business partner. Talk to us about some of the, the challenges there and, and some, some lessons and some things that are working. In, there in you that. go. Yeah. Well, one of uh, the things I decided to do was wrap her up, throw her in the trunk one night, but that didn't work out. So I had to repivot. They so. did find some yeah. dead bodies in Lake, in Lake Mead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. So um, yeah, all my life, I want to be in business with my spouse. There's, you know, I'm 40 years old now. I've had ex-girlfriends and so on and so forth, but never had anybody that really wanted to be in business. Maybe kind of do some stuff together, but not in business. And then with Katie, I am in business with somebody and never thought about how challenging it can be. Because think about it. I mean, we go to work together every day. We're in the same office every day. We eat, sleep, go out, you know, you name it. You're in each other's faces. Human beings are human beings at the end of the day. So we've looked at things throughout our transition and developing the businesses and so on and so forth. One of the most important parts that I found is just identifying your roles at the end of the day. Cause I think pro- one of the problems most people have is they get into business doing everything, 
this person's got this personality. The other person's got a different one, which we definitely do. We're totally white and black the way we run businesses. But we start identifying those roles um, on where I'm going to help the agents out, whether I'm out on listing appointments, whether she's out with buyers with them, what form of the training that I'm doing, which I'm normally getting agents onboarded, getting them up and running with a school that we call Shark uh, Shark Week. That's seven days of getting into it and everything else. Then they pivot off to her. But it's like, I heard somebody speak recently. I'm trying to remember who said this. They said it's 1% of couples that are in business actually make it all the way through. 99% of people don't end up making it through because you will fight, you will get frustrated and everything else. Probably one of my problems that I'll tell you is I will go home, I'll, I'll be at work till nine o'clock and I'll dive back into work or I have questions about work. What I did find out in talking to other friends of mine that are in business with their spouses, they're like, you got to learn, you shut it down at the door. It ends at the door. And that's one of my biggest things because I'm on it 24 seven. I'm just like, all right, do we got to do this? You know, is this happening? Did you talk to this person? But I found if I go ahead and shut those things down at the door, probably over 50% of the problems end up disappearing because they no longer exist at home. I remember many years ago, I ended up talking to a friend of mine, had a networking company that he wanted us to buy into. And it was a network of people, almost like one of those social groups. And he had said to me, I'll never forget, this was in the early stages of a relationship. He goes, you better be real careful, man. I had a divorce. I got in business with my spouse. And he goes, figure out a time to shut it down. Because if you don't, it'll dissolve eventually. It just is what it is. So it's definitely challenging at the end of the day. Now, where we're at with the business, a lot of the extras like the title company, I'm involved in the majority of that. Katie's involved more with the agents. That's more her passion at the end of the day. Um, moving forward, eventually where we're going to get to is actually divide up to where she's moving more in a women's empowerment portion of real estate, which I'm super excited about. And I've wanted it forever. It's not here yet. It's such in the early stages, but I think that'll even make us stronger at the end of the day. There was a friend of mine I sat with and he says, when you guys divide and conquer, I think you'll be better. We've ran the business like this for quite some time. And, you know, we want to uh, pretty much promote the power couple, get in front of us. But we notice where both of our strengths are out there and who's attracted to us at the end of the day and just identifying those roles more to we're not broken up, but we run it separately at the, at the end of the day. And then divide and conquer, I think you have more success. No, I, I, I agree with that 100%. I think that women nowadays want to have that, that ownership and that independence and the ability to do for themselves. And they do a great job. You know, you look around all, all today among women founders and CEOs, like they're crushing it and they, they need that own, that own their own lane. Um, but it was, I was, when you were talking a little bit earlier about the dichotomy and how you got to be fully immersed in the moment and how you were every situation you were 100% into it, but you also, you know, had to pivot and make changes. Uh, it almost makes me, when I, we were talking about it, I was like, man, this is why we're so fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, like you got to be 100% in it while also thinking ahead, also realizing that the past lessons and L's that you've taken all are the reason why you're here today and being grateful for this and also striving to do more. It's like, we're fucking crazy. Hey, why do you yeah. think I have a therapist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. Yeah, it's a it lot. definitely and, and is. I feel like that's why people look at us like we're crazy, but this is 
that's why we're winners. No, no, 100%. You think about it, when you're working with other people, your office staff, agents, clients, I mean, you end up being a therapist for a large part of the day. You're taking a lot of that in while you're running the business, while you're pivoting, while you're looking ahead and everything else. It does take a crazy person in order to do that. It is a lot. I mean, I won't lie to you. There's days where I'm just like, my head is going to explode today. You know what I mean? People have scenarios that come up. They have divorces. Somebody cheated on them. You know, the kids are sick, whatever it is, when you're working with people, you're dealing with all that stuff going on and they're looking at you as far as the leader to keep your shit together, keep moving forward, provide a great environment at the end of the day. And if that doesn't work, just get a good bottle of tequila or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that, that's the solution. It's funny, man. I, I've actually been drinking tequila lately. Yeah, it's Casa great. Casamigos, just okay. because it has barely any calories. Like yeah. I've, I've been cutting it's the like last- 70 calories. Yeah, the, I, it's exactly 70 calories. I know. <laughs> yeah, so I don't drink truly anymore because 100 calories. Hey, that I'm like, calories counts, Yeah, dude. man. Yeah, I'm at 22, 2300 calories a day. So I'm like, got to be- You just drink it straight neat yeah just, yeah yeah, oh, yeah I, i'm not a big drinker but you know when i do want to I mean, that's really the only vice not the only extracurricular activity you know I, we do live in uh you know las vegas where you yeah. can get weed anywhere you want but <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly I, dude, I don't like to smoke weed bro like i get in my own head i i get paranoid so like just a shot of tequila every once in a while yeah is, uh, is the body yeah. good yeah, there you go. Yeah, good. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I'll go through my spurts throughout the year. Like yeah. I take the second day back seventy five hard. I do that intentionally because I think Vegas is so easy. You're out. You're at a meeting. You're at a dinner. Everybody's having a glass of wine. Da 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 da. And I'm like, nope. It just keeps me away. It says, nope. I'm doing my challenge. Everybody respects that. But having some tequilas freaking awesome that's Dude, definitely yeah. we need to get you back on the show and yeah. we'll have a bottle of tequila right there here. you go i yes. like and it we'll, i got we'll, it we'll talk about some, yeah, some more stories 73 speaking, days. Of, speaking of tequila last time i saw you was at the tequila festival oh, yeah, at the wally's right. tequila yeah. festival so shout out to wally's in las vegas that festival that was, was a good one too what you guys dope. Drink? yeah to everything Let me, Let me I drink everything they had every vendor there <laughs> every yeah. single I mean, vendor you, yeah. that you could ask for they had yeah. this my, my favorite though is called casa dragones there I had that one. That was my jam. I, when I looked up, when I went home and looked up the bottle, I found it was three hundred dollar bottle. No wonder Sounds like so the Casa Azul. That yeah. shit's bomb. Too. It is the best. Yeah, it's definitely. And really I found good. out that Martha Stewart is like their ambassador. So I'm of like, course, okay, it's Martha bro. approved. Let's go. <laughs> it was wild. That was a wild event. It was yeah. fun. First yeah. annual one. I'm like, okay, I can't wait for next year. You yeah. Know, the view was immaculate. It was at oh, Resorts yeah. World. So anyone who goes to comes to Las Vegas, that's our newest casino, and it was badass. Yeah, it was so, definitely yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a good night. Man, you were a badass, dude. It was really good to uh, know you a lot more and uh, the stories that you shared in terms of, you know, how you were able to get to where you are. You got a crazy ass story, man. Thanks. I I appreciate uh, that. A lot of ups and downs. And dude, all of you guys listening, same shit. You know what I mean? Like you might be on an up right now, but right around the corner is that challenge, right? Or you might be on a low right now. So I think one takeaway that I've gathered from you is you don't get too high and you don't get too low. Yeah, definitely. No, 100%. I don't think it's about as much as um, if you're going to hit a down or an up, you always are going to hit one. It's how you handle it when it comes because people handle things differently on both ends. Some people, when they hit the down, they totally crash. Some people, when they hit the up, they even crash then too. They get a taste of that success and they go off the deep end at the end of the day. So you're right. I didn't even realize that about myself. I'm riding that smooth wave either way. Yeah. It's all good. I'm happy. I'm excited. Bring it on. Yeah. You know, even when bad stuff happens, good. It happened. Now I learned from it. Yeah. Now let's keep trucking. 
Mic drop, baby. Say nothing else after that. Where if people want to learn more about you, the Richardson Group, what you got cooking, where can people follow you, find you? Uh, best way is going to be Instagram always Johnny Richardson Jr. You'll find me on there. Johnny Richardson on uh, Facebook. You message me on Instagram, Facebook, any of those. Primarily uh, Instagram, I'll message you right back immediately. Yeah, he's in Las Vegas. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's the only Johnny Richardson in Las Vegas. And the only uh, shark. Yes. I was just going to say the only that. Shark. Yeah. And the we'll only put shark. his uh, social media profiles in the show notes, guys. Go give him a follow. Shoot him a DM. Show him some love. And he actually replies. This isn't an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> he handles all his social media. Yes, it I, I think me. you guys should throw him a one-liner too because he, he had a pretty good one-liner earlier. So uh, I, I think you should keep him on his toes and, and throw him a, a one-liner. There you so. go. I'm loving yeah. it. I'm loving it. Let's roll. <laughs> all right, guys. I, I know this episode made you laugh, made you think differently helped you out in some way shape or form so again it means uh, the world to Kita and I share this episode with a friend a family member give us a review if you have not I'm going to guilt trip you if you are somebody that's listened to our episodes and we're like 70 deep every week and you've not given us a review I'm telling you you're going to get coal for Christmas (laughs) it's coming it's coming it's coming (laughs) Roland uh, get us those names yes exactly we're gonna tap into Mark Zuckerberg and he's gonna show us your (laughs) shit so uh, we appreciate you guys we know you guys could be listening to a lot of other podcasts doing other things with your time so Keaton and I don't take that for granted and uh, you guys have a great week and we'll catch you guys next week peace peace